Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And as you can see from the logo on your screen, we've got another entry in the ongoing Activision Blizzard scandal saga. If you aren't familiar with this story, this will be almost 30 videos in this playlist. You can check it out. But suffice it to say, Activision Blizzard, the video game publisher, is under fire from the state of California, from the EEOC, from other federal agencies for sexual harassment, pay disparities, and other things that the company is accused of. Early last week, Bobby Kotick, the CEO of the company, was effectively thrown under the bus in a bombshell report by the Wall Street Journal, and the company has been scrambling ever since to try to figure out how to respond in the court of public opinion, most specifically to get these folks that are now calling for Bobby Kotick's resignation, the elimination of the board of directors, et cetera, et cetera, off their backs to very, very limited success, culminating, at least so far, in a report made by the board of directors of Activision Blizzard in almost the middle of the night, at least here on the East Coast. Now, before we talk about the specifics there, I do want to mention that this channel, Virtual Legality, the Hoaglaw YouTube channel, is supported by patrons like you. And in one of those tiers, you can support the channel. Get your name said by me once a month. And I want to give special thanks to those Patreon sponsors who have done that for the month of November. Tavern Keeper, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus and Nord, thank you very much for helping support the discussions of business and law through the lens of pop culture that I think we get a lot from. If you are interested in supporting the channel, please do check out that Patreon. Now, in respect of this statement and Activision Blizzard's continued, apparently ever increasingly desperate attempts to get out from under this all-seeing eye of public opinion, the board of directors issued a press release, I've highlighted it here, at 10.30 p.m. last night, Eastern. Now, they are a company that's headquartered in California, so this is only 7.30 p.m. to them. But in this press release, they announced what they are going to be doing as a board to try to better handle all of these circumstances that have now been laid at their feet. And you can see just from the headline here that this is not a press release that seems overly vetted. There's a lot of extraneous words. There are is a headline that is so long as to be almost incomprehensible for purposes of actually getting the message out. And there are a number of other things that we're going to talk about as part of this statement. But that headline, Activision Blizzard Board of Directors continues to build upon its ongoing oversight with new Workplace Responsibility Committee to ensure implementation of initiatives to eliminate harassment and discrimination in the workplace. Yes, folks, that is all in the headline to this particular press release. And you can see kind of the indicia of not being overly vetted. You don't usually say to ensure, to eliminate right on top of each other. PR people will clean up some of this language so you're not doubling up on sentence structure like that. That wasn't done. Clearly they wanted to get this out as quickly as possible as a response to what happened last week. Now, what is this committee? How does it work? They say the Activision Blizzard Board of Directors today announced that it has formed a Workplace Responsibility Committee, the capital C committee, initially comprised of two independent directors to oversee the company's progress in successfully implementing its new policies, procedures, and commitments to improve workplace culture and eliminate all forms of harassment and discrimination at the company. Again, you see here the indicia of a press release kind of hastily scrabbled together. What does it mean to, pro to progress in successfully implementing policies rather than just to progress in implementing policies. Why do you say to oversee all of this stuff and then say to improve workplace culture again? None of this is a problem for what they're saying. It's just my standpoint that this shows that they are moving very, very quickly 
on these particular questions. Now, that committee is in and of itself not that unusual for a board of directors. Stepping back from the actual press release here, a board, especially of a public company, especially made up of 10 people, which is a lot, often has specific smaller groups that handle things. Every company basically is going to have two committees, a compensation committee that's going to handle compensation for management and potentially others, and an audit committee, which is going to work through the issues that they might or might not have to report as part of their financials on a quarterly and annual basis. Every board of directors is going to have those committees. It doesn't make sense to get the whole group of 10 to do that kind of work on the ground. So that's normal. In that respect, this is another committee that is being structured to function in a similar way, a smaller group of board members that will focus on the issues at hand and report back to the whole larger board so that they aren't relying specifically on management reports made to the board in its entirety. Overall, this is a good thing. And we're going to talk about how this has been received in the journalistic outlets that I looked at and how I think they're perhaps a little bit too harsh on this while still noting that this is clearly them scrambling around at Activision. But overall, a committee structure for a board is the way that the board better investigates and better determines the information that it needs in order to successfully run the company. And here, they're taking management out of the chain a little bit so that they can better come to grips with what's happening at the company that they ostensibly run. The committee is being chaired by Don Ostroff, an independent director since 2020. Rivetta Bowers, an independent director since 2018, will serve on the committee. And in addition, the company is working to add a new diverse director to the board. Now note, this sentence, again, a bit of a non sequitur. They don't actually say that the new diverse director will be added to the committee, though we can assume it in a press release like this. They just say they're going to look for someone to add to the board. Now, this set of sentences asks a whole nother set of questions. One, who are these people? You might recognize the name Don Ostroff if you are familiar with somewhat cheesy TV shows throughout the early 2000s. She was the executive vice president of entertainment at Lifetime Television from 1999 to 2002, president of entertainment for the CW from 2006 to 2011, and the president of the United Paramount Network, UPM, from 2002 to 2006. That's all prior to her joining Spotify, which is the role that she currently holds as director at Activision Blizzard. Now, again, remembering that Don Ostroff is going to be heading this committee about workplace culture issues at Activision Blizzard. She is an interesting choice because, of course, 2002 to 2006 at UPM means that she overlaps with one very famous creator, and that's Joss Whedon, maker of Buffy and Angel. And of course, if you've been paying attention in the last year or so, you know that Joss Whedon has come under a lot of fire. For what? As Amber Benson here of Buffy says, Buffy was a toxic environment and it starts at the top. Charisma Carpenter, also of Buffy and Angel, laying out the facts as she sees them against Joss Whedon. Now, I think it's unfair to lay all that at the feet of Don Ostroff. A lot of what is described in those tweets and everywhere else happens before she would have had Buffy under her purview. She joins in 2002 as the president of UPN. Buffy would have already been there, I think, for about a year before, and it would have shut down about a year after. So there's a limited touch point here. But when you're talking about these kinds of initiatives at the board level, you have to be fully aware of the optics of all of this. And Don Ostroff does touch a toxic environment story from the last year already as she heads up this committee to try to save Activision Blizzard's public perception in the eyes of those that otherwise want to look at how the company is answering the questions that have now posed to it. 
Ravetta Bowers, similarly, is effectively the board's most independent director. She is, as best I can tell, a kind of professional board member. She says, Ms. Bowers has been a director of Activision Blizzard since 2018, has served as an independent governance and organizational consultant for nonprofits about two years before then. From 1972 to 2016, she served as a teacher and administrator for the Center for Early Education. She's a member of the board of the LA Philharmonic, the board of advisors of the Edward E. Ford Foundation, the board of counselors of the Rossier School of Education, et cetera, et cetera. She is, at this point in her career, a professional joiner of boards to talk about governance and organizational structure. Seems like a good pick for a committee of this type. It is, however, also worth noting that if you go down this board list, and I will, of course, link it in the description, these two are the only Ms.'s out of this list. Everyone else is a Mr. So the two female board members have been handpicked to do this particular activity, the Committee of Workplace Responsibility, I would be willing to guess because of their nature as female board members. So you might call this the Jen O'Neill gambit if you're following the Activision Blizzard story very closely. Now, how does this committee actually operate in question? The committee will require management, that's Bobby Kotick to you and I, to develop key performance indicators, which is a good thing. You need to have some kind of metric that will determine what success looks like for something like this and or other means to measure progress and ensure accountability. Uh-oh, he'll develop key performance indicators or other means. Well, what does other means mean here? And again, I'm not really blaming the board. They're scrambling to get this out in front of you all, but they don't even know what other means might mean from Bobby Kotick and the rest of management. The chief executive officer, Bobby Kotick, along with the chief people officer and chief compliance officer will provide frequent progress reports to the committee, which will regularly brief the full board. Now, who are those folks? I think we know Bobby Kotick. We've been talking about him enough. The chief people officer, you might be forgiven for thinking is Claudine Naughton, right? That's because she appears on their official website, Activision Blizzard, Claudine Naughton, chief people officer. But no, if you remember in virtual legality or elsewhere where you might've seen it, she's leaving the company and is being replaced by Julie Hodges of casting at the Walt Disney Company. Nothing wrong with that, except to show that Activision clearly is scrambling around. This has been a very rough quarter for them. They're still showing Claudine Naughton on their website as their chief people officer when that is not in fact the case. And who is the chief compliance officer? Well, you'll recognize her as well. It's Frances Townsend. She's also executive vice president for corporate affairs. Now, Activision Blizzard has tried to make Frances Townsend look better in the eyes of the public and the eyes of their employees by suggesting that the email that got her in so much hot water with that employee group was not in fact fully written by her. The Wall Street Journal uses the term directed by Bobby Kotick to refer to this email, and they're definitely trying to rehabilitate her image to some extent, but you will notice that they don't use her name in the board of directors statement, and maybe they don't even remember who their chief people officer is at any given point in time. I kid. So these two aren't named while Bobby Kotick is, and these three will be briefing the board. So understanding how this works, you've got a board of 10 people. That board of 10 people isn't going to look at these issues directly because those 10 people really can't. It's a little bit difficult to do that. So they're forming a committee that's going to have at least two members, probably three, as we talk about this new diverse director to the board that's probably going to be added to the committee as well. Those three people are going to receive reports from Bobby, from Julie, and from Francis on a frequent basis, whatever that might mean. And the committee is empowered to retain outside folks, including legal counsel, 
in order to interpret the management reports that they are receiving. Now, this is all normal if you aren't in this particular dire straits as Activision Blizzard finds themselves right now, this would all be the normal way to handle an issue at the company, to focus a certain subset of the members of the board of directors on a question. And yet a lot of folks are going to read this as, well, Bobby's making the reports and Julie and Francis are gonna follow along with whatever Bobby wants. So what does this actually fix? And I will say this, this press release isn't really designed to save Bobby Kotick. This press release is designed to save the board of directors. If we think back to last week's article at the Wall Street Journal, one of the big paragraphs that I pointed out was the notion that the Wall Street Journal had a source that knew the board of directors and that the board of directors had expressed to Bobby that they weren't getting enough information and asking why they didn't know about these various things. If that is in fact the case, if there is that dysfunction at the corporate level, it's not just Bobby Kotick that's in trouble. It's the board. So this is a board response to Bobby saying, we're going to implement this committee. You're going to report more frequently to us. That committee is going to report to the board and we're going to evaluate all of this while still giving you quite a lot of wiggle room by saying, hey, maybe we have KPIs, key performance indicators, and maybe we don't. Maybe we use other means. Then you see that more fulsomely as the board puts forth sentences trying to, again, save its image and declare that it has been following its fiduciary duties as required of a board of directors. The Activision Blizzard board is committed to ensuring a healthy workplace in which all employees feel valued, safe, and respected. Our audit committee has been kept apprised of developments, including the EEOC and DFEH investigations. Hey, we knew about all of this, and you would hope so because the audit committee is in charge of deciding whether or not they have to tell the public about these things in their quarterly and annual reports, a decision they can't make if they don't know about them at all. And so the board has to say, hopefully truthfully, that their audit committee was kept apprised and they decided not to put them in the financial records because they viewed them as immaterial. And certainly with the EEOC number of $18 million, that is ultimately immaterial to the financial status of the company. The board supports the numerous steps taken by management since 2018 to improve workplace culture, including centralizing the human resources function in 2019. That is one of the bullet points that Bobby Kotick has hit hard, that all of these problems really stem from a period of time in which Activision was allowing its subsidiary enterprises to act too independently, and they have since taken things on at the corporate level, and that has fixed most of their issues. All of this relates to a period of time before then. Whether or not you buy that is going to depend on whether or not you buy what Bobby Kotick is selling, what the board of directors is selling, but they have hung their hat on the notion that they fixed the primary issue in 2019. Beginning in October, the board has been meeting bi-weekly for in-depth assessments on related plans and progress and also now receives detailed we written weekly reports. More reporting is good, especially on questions like this. I'm not sure I give a lot of credit to beginning sometime in October, we've been meeting bi-weekly, which I hate bi as a legal terminology for time periods because it could mean twice a week or it could mean once every two weeks. Probably it means once every two weeks in this context. And if it does, then if you're beginning in October for a lawsuit that was filed over the summer, issues that happened and more fulsomely started rolling downhill in September, you're only starting those meetings now. And if it's bi-weekly, you've only met twice, maybe, depending on when you started in October. I can't give you full credit for that board of directors. It seems like you're moving pretty slowly on these topics. As announced on September 27th, 2021, in an agreement with the EEOC, 
upon court approval of that agreement, we'll hire an EEO coordinator. We'll have an EEO consultant. The duties of these two separate functions will provide transparency both to the EEOC and the Workplace Responsibility Committee. Again, you want me to give you credit, Board of Directors, but this was a lawsuit and investigation by the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission that ended in a consent decree. That's a settlement agreement to most of us. We know you don't have to admit guilt as part of that agreement because that's how the EEOC operates, but you don't get credit for hiring a coordinator and a consultant that has been foisted upon you. And in fact, that the EEOC is using and suggesting that it is so strong a protection that it should allow the consent decree to be approved, fighting the state of California on that point, all on the auspices that Activision Blizzard is effectively an unwilling partner to all of this. So the board wants credit for settling, and I guess they deserve some, but not for taking the ultimate steps here. So again, we have a board saving press release, not a Bobby Kotick saving press release. While the company with the board support has been making important progress to improve workplace culture, it is clear that current circumstances demand increased board engagement. Formation of the committee and additional future changes, question mark, hey, we're going to do more than this, we promise, will help facilitate additional direct oversight and transparency and ensure that the company's commitments to Activision Blizzard's workforce are carried out with urgency and impact. And again, so urgent that it took us three months to start meeting more often and to get weekly reports. Okay, that's fine. This has been a challenging time across the company, but the board is confident in the actions underway to set the company up for future success. So we've got this statement. It's released with a terrible headline. It has run-on sentences and duplicate kind of concepts. They promise that they're going to be adding a new diverse director to the board without a name in question. And one thing you might ask, because I've talked about this before, is I said shareholders elect the board. That's true. There is a kind of loophole to that concept where the board can effectively increase its size. And then until the next shareholder meeting, they get to appoint that board member, which the shareholders would then later approve or not depending on how the shareholders felt about that. So since there are 10 members of the board right now, and the bylaws provide that the board can be set as up to 11 members, the board can have essentially a vacancy announced for an 11th seat, appoint that 11th seat, and then the shareholders would have their own vote when the next annual meeting came around. So all that's happening in the background. And as you can imagine, it's not being received very well from certain outlets. I pulled up a couple here. One is from Paul Tassi at Forbes says Activision Blizzard's new solution, the Workplace Responsibility Committee, must spur actual action from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. He posits that this is so offensive, this committee concept, that this should force the hardware manufacturers to actually move against Activision Blizzard. Nintendo added its voice to the chorus yesterday, again in an internal email, not really adding much to the story, so I didn't want to make a separate video about it. But... Paul says here, this is essentially just so ridiculous that these companies need to move. And, and similarly, Kotaku says Activision's damage control reaches sad new low. And I have to tell you, I disagree with that in respect of this press release. I think they're scrambling. I don't think you have to give much credit to the board. But this in and of itself is not even Activision Blizzard suggesting that this is some kind of answer. Yes, they're trying to get out in front of these things. Yes, they're putting press releases out in the middle of the night, but I don't view this as any kind of negative. More committees is actually useful, regardless of what I put in the thumbnail here with uh, with Padme Amidala saying you uh, will discuss this invasion in a committee in Star Wars land. And yet, when we look at all of this, it's still going to be moving the ball forward a little bit.
Kotaku doesn't want the board involved at all. Kotaku wants the employees to take over. Frankly, that's not going to happen. So we have to start talking about what is likely to address these issues. Paul Tassi wants to see uh, Activision Blizzard punished in some respect by Sony and Xbox. I think one of the choices he gives is actually pretty good, which is just that the companies would decline future marketing endeavors for Call of Duty or whatever Activision Blizzard is trying to sell. It wouldn't surprise me if you had a general reluctance to enter into those agreements in the near future. I think that's fine. But ultimately, when we talk about these things, I want to update you on what's happening. I want to talk about what I see in this press release, but I don't think we can know whether or not this kind of thing will be successful. We definitely want the board more involved. The board is not just Bobby Kotick. Yes, he's an extraordinarily powerful person. The company of Activision Blizzard is inextricably intertwined with Bobby Kotick's personality, and that might be enough to put you off the whole endeavor. That's fine. But as a board of directors, this is about what you can do short of trying to fire Bobby Kotick, and that isn't going to happen for at least some time as part of this story. So if that isn't going to happen, I view this as a positive, even though it's a limited positive, And I don't think it's quite fair to Activision Blizzard, he says, with a little bit of reluctance, to suggest that this kind of step is somehow worse than everything else that has come out up until now. So we'll be definitely staying with this story as we continue to look over Activision Blizzard, putting news in the news virtually every day. If you enjoy this kind of content, please do consider supporting us on Patreon. Thank you again to Tavern Keeper, Dragon Girl, Falcus, Vipus, and Nord for doing just that. Otherwise, if you'd subscribe, upvotes, put those dislikes down while you can still see them. If YouTube hasn't rolled out their change, getting rid of the dislike notification number to you and telling your friends that we're having these conversations here. Every little bit helps. On that note, we are currently at 49,700 subscribers and change. And the third anniversary of virtual legality is on November 27th, about four days away. I would love it if I could say that we hit 50,000 subscribers by that third anniversary. So if you do know of someone that's interested in this content, if you haven't subscribed yet yourself, if you would consider doing so, I would very much appreciate it. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.